Guys, we're going to have a great episode today. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all the support that you get. I want to remind you that you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you don't follow, follow it at jscottoutdoors. Uh, feel free to send me a DM. I love uh, corresponding with you guys about your hunts and any questions that you might have. Uh, we're going to have a great episode. I also want to thank uh, the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, he's the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the ma optics manager over there at GoHunt.com at the gear shop. Uh, you can reach out directly uh, for info or for sales at 702-847-8747. You can also email him at optics at GoHunt.com. He also uh, gets texts from uh, my listeners at on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. Feel free to send him a text if you're looking for a certain tripod or binocular or spotting scope or rifle scope, anything to do with optics. Uh, give Cody Nelson a call or a text. I want to thank GoHunt.com also and remind you guys that the GoHunt maps, the mobile app, um, mapping apps, are now available on iTunes and Android. Uh, they have real 3D. Um, it's awesome, awesome 3D mapping on these mobile apps. Uh, you can get a free trial, a seven-day free trial, by going to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also check in the show notes. I'll have it linked up. You get a seven-day free trial. That gives you access to everything in the Insider as well as uh, let you look at the, the mapping apps uh, both on the desktop and on your phone. Uh, you can also sign up uh, by going to GoHunt.com and just use J. Scott, and that's going to save you $50. Uh, you're actually going to get a GoHunt gift card, $50 GoHunt gift card when you sign up. So go check it out. also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Go to KUIUKUYU.com. Uh, to order the gear right there that are direct to consumer model uh, so that's the only place you can get the gear as well as phonescope.com use the jscott21 promo code and you're going to get a 10 percent discount uh, guys let's get right to this episode and again thanks for listening guys welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast today i've got my friend parker fails of clay bundy outfitters on the line parker how you doing hey doing awesome jay appreciate you reaching out and uh, being able to be on with you today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we get to talking about Arizona deer and sheep, congratulations, you guys. You and your wife just had your uh, first uh, child and ha had a beautiful baby boy, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. It's been, uh, it's definitely been a change of pace and changes your life a little bit, but, uh, but it's been good. That's still super blessed to have a, have a healthy baby. That's fantastic. Um, that's great. Um, last time we were together, you actually were with me in um, Mexico looking at coos deer, and we finished uh, the season with a bang and killed that big giant uh, deer that uh, Todd Crawford killed, and that was kind of fun to have you there um, for as many you know big mule deer uh, kills and, and mule deer that you've been around. It was kind of cool to get where you could see a big coos. Um, we're going to talk about mule deer, obviously, and, and desert sheep here in a minute in the units you hunted. But um, I do have to ask, like, when you saw Todd's buck, um, big, big frame deer, what was your thoughts? I mean, um, compared to the big mule deer you see, 
did it did it still get you excited to see a buck of that caliber <laughs> um you know what so when i saw it and some i'm trying to remember who made the comment one of the guys i think it was preston mercer he made the comment parker you ought to like that deer that coos it looks like a mule deer i did I it's like, frame <laughs> i mean it's boxy <laughs> yeah. frame it looked just like a muley exactly and so when i first picked up the buck over on that hillside in my 15s and i thought i thought the same that was the first words out of my mouth that freaking thing looks like a mule deer so when i knew it looked like that i was like so i you know then you know it's big yeah but it was it was really cool for me and humbling for me to be there with you guys that like know what a big coos deer is and um i almost feel like i with a mule deer, you know, like a giant mule deer, a 250 mule deer, I, I can completely appreciate it because I, I completely understand sure. what, what that means and what that is. And I don't know what the coups, that, you know, if I could fully grasp what, what I was saw. holding yes. yeah, and yeah. what I was looking at. But to be able to watch you guys and listen to you guys, um, it was just so cool because it was, you know, for a couple of the guys, um, and they're, you know, the kids that grew up hunting in Arizona, hunting coups, it was the biggest coups they'd ever seen. Yeah, and so it was super cool for me to uh, to be able to be a part of that. And you know, this is you know, this is only my, my second season hunting coos deer, and to all ready to be able to see and put my hands on a deer like that. It's just a, just a blessing. Yeah, for sure, um, Parker. We've got a deadline coming up uh, here on the fourteenth of June for Arizona. Uh, mainly deer and bighorn sheep, both of which uh, you guide. Um, Want to get your take on the uh, way things look up on the strip. Your primary focus for deer is obviously up on 13A and 13B um, and get your take on what things are looking like. Yeah. Um, so going back, starting from, I want to go back and start from last year um, when we were hunting in the rifle hunt in November out where I was hunting out on 13 B. Um, it literally looked like a golf course when we were hunting out there. And, uh, my hunter, he couldn't believe how green it was. He's like, this doesn't even feel like we should be hunting mule there right now. It feels like it's early spring, first of summer. It was so green. Um, cause those monsoons hit late and, uh, the green just, uh, popped up everywhere. You know, fast forward to this year, I feel like the deer went into the rut and went into the winter in good shape because of that feed. And of course, last year was uh, was a terrible year. You know, maybe, antler growth wise, right? Yes, antler growth wise. Yep, antler growth wise, last year was maybe one of the worst years there's been. Um, and so, and so, you know, going into this year where the deer came through the winter. Um, I feel like they keep the winter healthy. We did get a little bit of early spring moisture, more more than we did last year for sure. And we got some moisture in April, um, but we didn't get anything in May, which hurts. May seems to be a critical month. And so what my thoughts are, and I know, you know, talking with Clay, um, my thoughts are is we're expecting we're expecting an average year at at best to be an average year at this point. Which, um, which for an average year on the strip is still pretty dang good. Um, and going with that, you know, talking to, I've talked to a lot of guys that have hunted strip for a long time, a lot longer than I have. And they've never seen, they've never seen back to back terrible years. 
And so I'm expecting a little bit of a rebound. I don't think it's um, all dark and gloomy like maybe some of the others. And uh, I don't know. I feel like sometimes maybe our expectations on the strip get skewed a little bit. Um, for example, 2019. I mean, 2019 was not an average year. That was a above average year. And I feel like sometimes people get twisted into thinking that's what the strip is. And that, and it's really, it's not. That was an, that was an anomaly. That was a, just a bang up year on the strip. And so sometimes I feel like our expectations get a little bit skewed on stuff like that. Sure, for sure. Now, so May was dry, but what you're saying is last year during the hunt, um, you know, when the, when the rut just started, you know, when the season ended, those deer had good feed. They had good feed going into the winter. Um, and then a little bit of, of spring green up and a little bit of moisture in April, not good in May. But, I mean, is there any part of you that thinks, you know, if we could get some late shower or some early showers here in June that it, it would maybe surprise you and be better than average? Or do you feel like by the time potentially end of June, early July rains might hit, it's too late to, to really do anything? I think it, I think June can help, but it's almost, it's almost too late. I, I really feel like April and May are the most critical months, um, particularly May. And that's, you know, looking like in 2019, we got pounded in May. We actually got snow on the strip in May. And so, um, I think, I think this, whatever moisture we can get here in June is definitely going to help. It's going to, it could maybe put it just a hair above average. But I don't think it's going to be a banner year. I think I think we're looking at an average year on the strip. But you know, one thing me and Clay have talked about, and I know I've talked to you about before, is um, it seems like these deer, especially these younger deer, these four-year-old, five-year-old deer that just have the genetics to be incredible. It almost seems like after a dry year, if you can get a little bit of moisture, the next year they can just completely explode. Do you and, feel like um, there's some bucks that? in that age class in that four or five range that kind of were kind of let's for lack of better term nothings last year and they just you know no one even paid attention to them that all of a sudden one more year because it was so droughty last year they're almost unrecognizable this year yes absolutely yep absolutely and uh that's what we saw i I refer to 19 again because it was so special um but it's like uh, Shane Roten killed a 270-inch deer with us, and it was a five-year-old deer. And the year prior, it was a 190 deer. And so some of these deer are just so special that that they they will still you know they'll still put it on, and what they could put on is scary. But uh, you know, average years average years on the strip are still pretty dang good. 2017, um, man, there was still like five or six bucks over 250 on the strip and i i don't know if i quite expect that i don't know if the age class on the strip right now is going to be able to do that but i still think there's going to be some big deer to hunt okay um a new thing this year new to everyone is uh you can't use trail cameras uh anymore on the strip in your opinion do you think let's say in a five-year time horizon window do you think five years from now the age class on the strip will be higher or lower than it is right now? I think the age class will be higher. I do. Um, you know, it's just because cameras are so dang effective. 
and you know there's some people that claim oh we don't use them that much or this deer was found without a camera but almost every deer that's killed it is you know so they they'll have a live video of a deer and they said no you know live video so much better trail cam pictures well they knew where to look for that deer because of a trail cam picture and so anytime you take away where a lot of these outfitters were running you know three to five hundred cameras anytime you take away that much information um it's gonna put a dent in your effectiveness i don't care how good of a hunter you are um i don't care how hard you hit it there is there's not a better tool to locate deer than a trail camera on the arizona strip and so with that there is going to be some deer um there's probably, there's going to be some deer that are net that have never been seen or that are never seen that die of old age which which I don't know how to feel about. I, I like the fact that old deer are able to get old, but I hate the fact of thinking of a 300-inch deer dying of old age and his horns just rotten. Having a squirrel. Yeah. yeah, instead of somebody enjoying them. And, um, so, so I'm kind of torn on that, but I do think I do think because of the effectiveness of trail cameras and locating deer, I think uh, with that, the age class will definitely it'll bump up. Now, you and Clay have um, the raffle hunter that, uh, can can hunt until uh august 15th or 14th i believe yep. uh and then the, the you also have the governor's tag uh hunter the auction hunter that starts the following day so you guys are kind of thrown right into the fire of you know having the high profile um hunts and and hunters and you know it's kind of be gonna you guys are going to be somewhat the guinea pigs of like doing it old school i mean um you know before you know you've been around cameras pretty much probably your whole hunting career whereas clay he did a lot of the stuff on the strip obviously way before cameras um i'm sure in your camp you guys you know are have a strategy and have a plan um you know to to find these deer but it's gonna be different not having the cameras wouldn't you say oh absolutely absolutely and um you know, you look, you look pre-camera days on the strip or anywhere in Arizona, and the statewide tags, um, you weren't getting these astronomical numbers like we've been accustomed to. You know, maybe the last ten years, um, like, a, and that's that's just what happens with cameras and, and such a special place. Is is it like a two hundred forty inch deer is a giant deer, and when you have cameras that tell you well, there's a two fifty over here. You don't kill the 240 you go on the 250 and you're not going to have that luxury anymore so you're going to have to go hunt and kill the biggest deer you know about um doing it you know doing it old school and especially if you're trying to do it right play by the rules which we hope everybody will sure there's always a few outliers that yeah. maybe won't and that you know you but, can't control that but i but mean you can't control that yep don't you so, think that um you know, with you guys being local and you guys spending so much time there and, you know, Clay uh, virtually born and raised there and, 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 you know, grown up his whole, you know, every waking hour there. Don't you think that gives you guys and your, your, your guide service kind of a leg up on a lot of them in the fact that you guys are there all the time? Um, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but we know that, uh, we know that the strip and hunting giant deer can humble you in a hurry. And so, um, we, you know what, we're just gonna, we're gonna work our 
butts off. We're gonna we're gonna grind, and uh, we're gonna kill the biggest deer we know about, which in the end is hopefully hopefully good enough. And yep. uh, I think that's all. I think that's all we can can do, and all we can you know we expect a lot of out of ourselves, and so I think that's as much as we can expect out of ourselves as well. Sure. Um, so let's talk specifically, uh, 13A, 13B, you were on both hunts last year. Um, talk a little bit, you know, briefly here about A and B, what might be left? Do you think 13B's age class got pounded down more than A? Do you think A's, you know, potentially going to be better? What are you thinking? Yeah. So that's where I, that's exactly where I'd start Jay is I think the age class on A is um a little bit better than b right now um just being that some of the country to hunt on a is not hunter friendly and so a few more deer have slipped through and been able to get some age on them so i would say the age class on a is a little bit deeper um but on the other hand i think there is some very special deer on 13b right now that are young deer um that could be that could be special at a young age I think they were three or four year olds last year and they're the type of deer that could be special at five years old. And so, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch 22. Um, you have more options on 13 B there's more deer, there's more huntable country and, uh, without cameras, hunters aren't going to be so concentrated. So you could be hunting it, hunting a giant deer virtually all to yourself. And, uh, 13 B or 13 a, the deer are a little bit more concentrated in areas where you don't have as much area to get away and have a deer to yourself, but you might be hunting a, a bigger, older age class deer, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, I believe the numbers in both units have been dropped on the rifle hunt a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe yes. both have been dropped. Yeah, how do you like think, quite a bit. How do you quite think that drop is you know, going to affect the actual hunt and the, the quality of the hunt in both A and B? I think it's going to help for sure. Um, I think it's going to help help the quality of the hunt maybe more than anything. Um, anytime you can be without people all over you, you know, playing a cat and mouse game, I think it's a better experience. And so I think for the lower tag numbers, that's that's what it's going to do. And they were cut they were cut significantly. Um, I think I think 13A was cut down to 35 rifle tags, I believe. And B was down to 65, and so which is about 20 tags below what each of those units have been, which that's a that's a pretty good cut. So um, I, I think it's going to be good for deer and for hunters alike. How do you think the so we've been talking primarily about the rifle hunts, but now you take out cameras, and so much of the archery hunting success is sitting water on areas where they've you guys have had cameras and kind of know what bucks are coming in. How do you think, I think there'll be more of an impact on the archery hunt than the rifle. Tell me if you think I'm right or if you disagree. You're absolutely right. And that's why for the last 10 years, the archery hunt has been arguably one of the best hunts on the strip. If you could get the tag, um, when you have these cameras and you know, when they're hitting and what water they're hitting. Um, I mean, you can be pretty effective as a hunter when you know all that and uh and chuck cameras don't kill deer but they do you know um and so when you take that away from an archery hunter 
um, that's going to make it tough. I mean, you've got to locate a buck in an area, and you think you know where he's hitting water. You can, um, you can try to, you know, you can sit that water and hope that you're right and play your cards there, um, and you have, or you have your spot in stock. But you're going to be, you know, checking tracks on pond, and it could be a giant track well, on the strip. It could be a giant nine-year-old forking horn with eight-inch bases, you know. Right. And so it, uh, it definitely, it is going to make the archery hunt. Um, it's going to make it exciting and it's going to make it, it's going to make it a challenge for sure. The one thing, you know, I've, I've been a proponent of, of keeping the cameras and, and, you know, maybe come up with a season or something. If they had to do something, I'm against the ban. I don't even use them, but I'm against the ban. Um, just from a wildlife management standpoint, I think it's been pretty effective, but it's done and we're not talking about that anymore. But one thing I do think is I think that success on the archery hunt will be less over years period of time, not just this season. I think over the next five years, I guess where I'm going with this is it seemed like with the cameras, archers were able to kill some of those high end bucks. I think some of those bucks are probably going to slip through, which I think over time, I think it's going to make that rifle hunt a little bit better. And some of those bucks, you know, they... the archers were pretty dang effective because that season was pretty long. And with cameras and with as dry as it is up there, they were able to, to whack those bucks pretty good. Exactly. I honestly think there'll be two, three, four, five bucks a year that normally would have gotten killed that will slip through. And I think overall, you know, in a couple of years, that's going to make a difference. Absolutely. No, you, you hit it right on the head. You're exactly right, Jake. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, any last minute, uh, you know, if you, if you were talking to deer hunters right now, what you'd tell them, and then I want to ask you some stuff about sheep. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's a, Hunting the Arizona Strip is, is special, and it's hard. Everybody's waiting for their chance, and it is hard to get that tag. And so, you know, I just don't know how if you're not a max point holder and uh, how you're not, you're not putting in. I, that would be, I mean, you've got to put in. And uh, even on an average year or slightly below average year, the Arizona Strip is the best place to hunt and kill a giant mule deer in the West, um, bar none, in my opinion. And so if you're having any thoughts or questions, um, you can feel free to reach out to me or Clay. You can hit us on Instagram, and uh, we can kind of talk you through what we think. And uh, But anyways, I, I, there's still going to be some big deer to hunt, and there's going to be some big deer killed this year. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about Desert Bighorn um, and maybe go through a couple of the units that you guys like. I know that um, uh, 13B, they actually, 13B North, they actually added a tag, which, um, correct me if I'm wrong too, but I don't have the reg right in front of me, but I think they added a tag and it's been kind of struggling in there. So it's surprising to see that they added a tag there. Yes. 13A North has been struggling. It you know, those sheep kind of feed off of the Zion unit in Utah. You're, you're saying 13B North, right? Or sorry. Yes. Sorry. I'm talking 13A North. Yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. You're talking 13B North. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So 13B North has been struggling. Um, and so I, I don't know. I 13B North right now, it's, it's one of the units that could still hold a sleeper. And I think there's still some big rams to be had. Um, there's rams that move in and out of there from utah off the pine valley and so um 
you get sheep that are cross, you know, interstate sheep that are crossing right there, in which there's some big sheep that are on the Pine Valley that could very well end up in Arizona or vice versa. Sure. And so I still think as far as the northern units go up on the strip, um, 13B North will be would be one of your better options where there are, you know, there are more tags have a better chance to uh, to pull your tag. What about some of the other units you guys hunt there? Um, so then 13A North, which is what I started talking about, um, we took a hunter in there last year, and he killed a he killed a great ram. Um, and there is some there's some good sheep to be had in 13A North. Um, those sheep do feed off the Zion, which is what I was saying. Um, and those sheep have been struggling in Utah. They've been sick, um, over hunted. And so in turn, that has hurt that unit, but it is a one tag unit. So if you draw it, you have that unit to yourself, which is, which we just had a lot of fun with that last year. Um, and then you move on over to 12B East. It has really been coming on strong. Um, I know last year there was a couple um, big, big sheep killed off of 12B East. And uh, that population there seems to be thriving right now. Um, and it, it's a, it's a multi-tag unit. So I would be, uh, I think, you know, so if I'm talking my own application, I'm going to be putting in for 12B, 12B East okay. on my application. Um, and then you have 13B South, um, which we have a lot of experience there as well. It is, uh, it is a tough, it's a tough hunt. Very remote. It's a one-tag unit, so only residents can get into it. Um but the opportunity for a big ram is there. Um, I know, like last year, Clay picked up a deadhead on that unit on 13B South. That was a mid-170s ram, um, and he was, he'd been dead for close to a year, so who knows how much he's dried up. But he was, he was a giant ram, which you can get keep moving out of the premier units of Nevada into that unit in Arizona. And so um, you have the opportunity, if you get that tag, You've got to expect to work your guts out. It's going to be a tough hunt. You're not going to see a ton of sheep, but you may just run into a, a giant. Great. Good. Um, what else don't we have? Then you have 12B East or 12B and 13A yeah. and 12A. Yes. And that unit, that unit's tough. Um, you know, where we did run cameras there last year, um, there was actually a, couple pretty dang good sheep that popped up um and we you know they were popping up on where we were looking for deer and so i think if you get that tag you're looking at um you're going to be looking to kill a 160 to 165 type ram okay and so um you know if you don't want to wait for some of these other premier units that's not a bad option either and uh and a couple of those rams that were on camera i mean they're beautiful rams i'd i'd be tickled with one Awesome. Well, looks like you're going to have a busy summer um, with all your scouting that you've got for these um, tags, and um, you know you're going to be putting some miles in and and glassing and and doing you guys' thing. I'm anxious to see how you guys do. I think you're going to do great, and I think uh, I think uh, you know the old school tactics. Some of the stuff, some of the Clay's going to pull stuff out of his hat that you probably as a youngster never thought about. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be good for you. You're going to be like, what the heck are you doing? And he's going to no, say, well, I'm dragging this tree branch over this tank so I can start tracking like I used to. Yep, exactly. And I am excited. 
I'm at, like you said, cameras have been around. I'm young. They've been around my whole life. And so I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to see what it's like, um, without them and, uh, to see, you know, I think it's just going to make us, it's going to make us better hunters. Um, and so we're excited. We're going to, we're going to give it all we can. We're getting geared up, ready to go. And, uh, we're going to give it all we got and see where we see where we fall. Awesome. Well, I think you're going to do well. It's always great having you on the podcast. I always love having you down in Mexico as well. You're a class act, a great hunter, and um, I've enjoyed being around you and um, looking forward to seeing you guys' success this year. So thanks for coming on and talking about uh, Arizona sheep and, and deer, and um, we'll, we'll chat at you down the road, okay? All right, Jay. Thanks so much for calling. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, appreciate everything you do yeah and i do want to give you a chance to let the listeners know the best way to reach out to you and i'll also um put that up in the show notes for people as well perfect yeah you can um you can contact me at 435-421-9463 or feel free to reach out to me on instagram my handle is parker underscore fells um and feel free to call Clay as well. He's 435-680-2991. And uh, he is out on the strip almost every day. So if you don't get him, just leave a message, and we're really good at getting back. So uh, we'd welcome any questions or concerns. Awesome, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. God bless, okay? All right. Thanks, Jay. See ya. All right, bye.